Hey, Hope City Church, thank you for taking some time to be a part of this service and taking time to be a part of this message. Um, we're going to continue talking about this idea of new normal. We started this last week and just talked about how God doesn't want us to be a normal Christian. He doesn't want you to be a normal Christian. He wants to do something new in our life. He doesn't want a normal life. He wants us to have a, a new life. And so I'm going to continue that today, but I'm going to do it in kind of two ways. And I want to kind of let you know because it's different uh, than how maybe we normally do it. The first 15 or 20 minutes of the message will be uh, the normal part, uh, no pun intended. I'm going to preach the message. And then the last few minutes of the message today, I, I want to share with you uh, some new normals for Hope City Church coming out of this COVID quarantine time or season as we get ready to meet together again, gather together again as a church, there are going to be some new normals for our church, some changes, and these are really important changes. And so uh, I want to make sure you stick around to the very end so that you can hear those. So the first 15 or 20 minutes will be the message, and then the last few minutes will be some new normals for our church, okay? So let's get into the message. Today, as we continue this new normal idea, I wanna talk about this idea or this concept of spiritual renewal spiritual renewal. Following Christ is a constant process of, of him doing something new in our life. The Bible calls it renewing. So when you commit your life to Christ, when you uh, have that moment of, of faith where you confess your need for Christ and you're saved, you have a salvation experience, Christ does something, the Holy Spirit does something new in your life. But that's not the only time in your relationship with Christ that something new happens. It's a constant process of new. It's Christ renewing us. He renews our minds. So he gives us new thoughts and, and, and emotions and attitudes. He, he's always doing something new. And so spiritual renewal in a way is, is an experience of seeing God in a new way or or I would say it like this, God pulling us out of a, a spiritual life that has grown cold or stale, or we could say, we could say normal. And that's really what renewal means. You, you probably know that because renewal, according to the dictionary, is just the replacing or repair of something that is worn out, run down, or broken. That's renewal. So spiritual renewal is, it would be fair to say, a spiritually replacing or repairing things that are worn out, run down, or broken. And all believers, all followers of Jesus Christ need seasons and experiences of renewal. We do this with all kinds of things in our life, right? We do it with furniture. I don't do it with furniture, but there are a lot of you who do it with furniture, right? We don't call it renewal. We call it uh, repurposing or refinishing, but really... What you're doing is you're taking an old piece of furniture and you are making it feel new again. We do this with our driver's license. Hopefully you do this with your driver's license. Uh, there comes a time where it expires and you have to renew it. They have to make sure you are who you say you are and you're, you're still out there driving. And so you go to a place and you renew. We do this with memberships, right? To, to different places that we are members of. You have to renew your membership. We do this in marriage, right? After a certain period of time, we renew our vows. So we are very familiar with this idea of renewal in life. 
But it's also possible and it's also needed in our spiritual life. Renewal is, is just re-upping. It's recommitting. That's what we do uh, in so many different areas of our life. And so spiritual renewal is also kind of a, a re-upping, a recommitting, if, if you will. And so to, to understand spiritual renewal, to understand this idea, we're going to read a few verses, 10 verses actually, from John chapter 21. John chapter 21, it's the last verse or last chapter in the book of John. And uh, I'm going to read that to you. And then I actually want to pray for us. Uh, and, then, and then we'll jump, jump right in. So Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 21. I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm going to read to verse 9. It says, Later, Jesus appeared again to his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. So it's telling us how he appeared. Several of the disciples were there. Simon, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Verse 4, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, that's talking about John, uh, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work. He jumped into the water and headed to shore. And the others stayed with the boat and pulled the, load, the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. And when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. I want to pray for us. Let's pray. God, I pray that your word would speak to us today. That it wouldn't just be uh, me saying some words, but it would be your word. The Holy Spirit would, would take those words in and plant them into our hearts. And God, if we are in a worn out, old, stuck, cold phase. God, I pray that your words today, the Holy Spirit today, would do something new in our lives, that we would be renewed by you. And so, God, I pray your word would speak to us, the Holy Spirit would challenge us and encourage us, and we would experience you in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. In these verses that we read, we, we can find pretty easily, we can find four things or four steps that uh, help us understand renewal, help us understand this idea of spiritual renewal. But more than just understand it, I want to be very clear. I don't just want us to understand it. My prayer is that we will experience it, not just understand it, but experience it. So let me just give them to you right off the bat. I'm going to tell you the four things, show you the four things we see in these verses that we read. We see a slide we see a disappointment, we see a call, and we see a response. A slide, a disappointment, a call, and a response. And, and this is, in a sense, this is really kind of a pattern of spiritual growth. This is really, this is a pattern that we will, a cycle that we'll probably find ourselves in for the rest of our lives as we follow Christ. A slide, a disappointment, a call, 
and a response. And I believe that as you're watching this or listening to this right now, I believe that every Christian, every person can find themselves in one of these places in the story. We can find ourselves in one of these steps or one of these, one of these stages. And so let's take a moment and, and just look at each one of these. First, let's talk about a slide, a slide. This is in verse three. In verse three, really simply, Peter says to the other disciples, he says, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going fishing. Or maybe you think to yourself, why is this a slide? What's wrong with fishing? I love fishing. I'm not saying fishing is a slide, but I am saying for, for Peter, it represents, it represents a slide. Why is that? What, 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 what's, he doing, what's he doing wrong? How is this a slide? Well, if you go and you read Luke chapter 5, you, you find that Jesus called Peter from this life. Peter, Jesus called Peter from being a fisherman to being a disciple. He told Peter, he said, come follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And, and Peter dropped his nets and he left that life. And for three years in the gospels, Peter following Jesus, we don't read any other stories about Peter fishing. It, it, it's implied that he left that life behind. He, he dropped his nets and he followed Jesus. But now... After um, a crucifixion, after denial, after just this unexpected turn of events that Peter never saw coming, it seems as if Peter is now sliding back into his old his 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 old life. Now I want I do want to be fair because uh, the Bible doesn't explicitly say that Peter's doing a wrong thing by going fishing, right? Uh, Peter, it, the Bible doesn't say that specifically, but it does seem to imply that in this moment, we, we see Peter um, kind of going back to an old thing, kind of doing an old thing. In essence, it's, it's Peter saying, I tried the disciple thing. I gave three, year, three years of my life to it, and it was fine. It was good. It was great. There were some high moments, but, but that's falling apart now. That didn't work out like I thought that it would, and so... I'm, I'm going to go back to what I know how to do. I'm going to go back to what's familiar. I'm, I'm going back to what is, is normal. Why would he do that? Why would Peter want to go back to, to what is normal? Why would Peter slide back into his old life? Why, why do we do it? Why do we slide back into our old life? There's a lot of reasons. I just jotted down three of them, but one of the reasons that Peter was sliding back and one of the reasons we slide back sometimes is disappointment. Disappointment. We have these expectations of what life will be. Um, we, have, we have these, um, these ideas. We, in Peter's case, he, he thought that Jesus was going to reign and rule and be some kind of king and make him important and make him a ruler. And now he has, that's all fallen apart. And so because these expectations didn't happen, weren't met, Peter uh, kind of slides back. So maybe, maybe that's what happens to you. When life disappoints you, 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 you slide back. Another reason that we slide is shame. Peter's dealing with this big time because remember, Peter denied Christ three times just a few days ago. So in Peter's mind, he's thinking, even if I could be a disciple, Jesus wouldn't want me to be a disciple. Maybe you felt that way before. 
Maybe the reason you slide back into an old way of life is because your failures make you feel as if you've disqualified yourself. That Jesus wouldn't love you. That Jesus couldn't love you. And so you'll just go back and do what it is you know how to do. Maybe it's not shame. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's not knowing what's next out there. Maybe it's, it's this, it's, I can't trust God with my future. I can't trust God with what's next because I'm terrified or I'm afraid. And so I, I take control of my life back from God and I'm going to handle it myself. And I slide back into an old life. Now, I want to be clear that when I'm talking about sliding away or sliding back, I'm not uh, necessarily talking uh, uh, about it in the way that I kind of understood it growing up. I grew up in some charismatic churches, some Pentecostal churches, so it was very passionate, very vibrant, and, and it was kind of felt, I felt that a lot of weeks, most weeks, the preacher was preaching a message in a sense uh, kind of telling me that I had probably backslidden, that telling me that like if I wasn't as fired up about Jesus as I was last week or last month or when I got saved or if I wasn't as you know on fire or jacked up for Jesus that somehow I had slidden away. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about not just feeling as, as close to Christ maybe as you felt before. I'm talking more about a commitment. I'm talking more about sliding away from the life that God has for you back into the life that you had before him. And so that's the first thing we see is we see a slide, Peter's sliding. But let's look at the second thing. It's also in verse three. We see a slide, but then we see a disappointment. Peter says, I'm going fishing. The disciples go with him. But it says in verse three that they, they fished all night and they caught nothing. They caught nothing. And this is powerful. This is a really powerful uh, verse and image because it represents emptiness. It represents the futility of trying to take our life back from God and the results of what happens with that. It represents how life doesn't work correctly. It doesn't work like we think it should or it would when we take our lives back from God. And what's interesting about this part of the story is that there's a really similar experience in Luke 5. I told you earlier that, that in Luke 5, Jesus called Peter and some of the disciples away from fishing. But I want to read this to you in Luke chapter 5. I want to read a few verses from that, uh, starting with verse 1, because this is a very similar experience. It says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, One day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, that's Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Look at verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. And in verse five, Simon replied, master, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. I, I don't, I, again, I'm not a great fisherman, but it sounds like Peter's not either, to be honest with you. It seems like he spends a lot of nights trying to fish and not catching anything. Right? And this is a reminder to us that life outside of God's purpose is futile. But disappointment can be a, a huge, tremendous blessing in our life. 
Because disappointment is a reminder to us that our faith was in something else other than God. Disappointment is usually the thing that reminds us that we've gotten away from God or slipped away from God. Or it's the thing that opens up our heart to the possibility that we need God. These are, these are disappointments. And disappointment's just unmet expectation. And so disappointment is a reminder to you and me. We've put our faith, our hope, our trust in something else other than God. And at some point, a week, a year, a life later, we were disappointed because the thing that our faith and our hope and our trust in was not God. And they could not handle the weight of that. And so they let us down or they disappointed us. Disappointment can look a lot of different ways. Disappointment can look like a broken heart. Maybe, maybe you're dealing right now with the disappointment of a broken heart, that this, this relationship that you had would seem different than other relationships. You thought maybe they were the one, and, and you finally had kind of found yourself, and you felt complete because someone else loved you, and someone else saw you, and you were making plans for your future, but then somehow, some way, that relationship ended, and you're dealing with this broken heart, but really what you're dealing with is the disappointment that someone else could not fulfill you in the way that you needed it disappointed you maybe maybe it's a lack of results maybe maybe your hope and your trust and your and your faith was in your ability and your career and your education and you thought you know what i'm going to put myself completely into this and when this when i do that then the result is going to be this but it wasn't and so you have these lack of results, but really what you have is you have a disappointment that the thing that you were planning on fulfilling you and completing you and saving you didn't. Maybe it's an unanswered prayer. Maybe you'd say, Jason, my disappointment is with God because I had put my faith and my trust and my hope that God was going to do what I was asking him to do. But even in a sneaky way, we can use prayer as a way to try to get what we believe we have to have to fulfill us, to, 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 to complete us. But nothing in this world, nothing in this life, no person, no accomplishment, no success, no prayer that we're praying is what we need more than we need God, more than we need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because only God is strong enough and God enough to carry the weight and the expectations, the faith and the hope of people. If you put your hope in Jesus Christ, he will never disappoint you. He'll never disappoint you. Everything else and everyone else will at some point. And so in Luke 5, Peter doesn't catch anything. Jesus says, do you want to come follow me? That disappointment opens the door. In John 21, we see Peter sliding back into his old life, but it's not working and he's not catching anything. This is disappointment and maybe you're dealing with a disappointment, but it leads us to the third part that we see in this story is a call. It's a call. It's in verses four, five, and six. But it says, uh, let, me, let me read it to you here. John chapter 21, 4, 5, and 6. It says, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. And then he said, throw your net on the, other right hand, on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul the, in the net because there were so many fish 
in it. This is a call. After we slide and after our slide leads us to disappointment, we, we experience the same way in this story, a call from Christ. Similar to Luke 5, Jesus calls to Peter and says, Peter, come follow me. Come follow me and I'll make you fishermen. If, you, if you'll stop trying to make something of yourself, but you'll come follow me, I'll, I'll make you. And so now three years later, as Peter has slidden back into this old life, this old plan, we see Jesus show up again on the heels of disappointment and call out to him. And he does the same thing for you and for me. If we will listen, if we will pay attention on the heels of our disappointments, we can hear God calling to us. And what is he saying when he's calling to us? Well, in, in, in some ways, he's saying exactly what he said to the disciples. Now, I'm paraphrasing. This is not what Jesus said. But in essence, what Jesus is saying is, how is it working? You controlling your life, how's it working? You making all the decisions for your life, how's it working? You executing all your plans, how's it working? This life that you think is the life that you need, how's it working? In essence, that's what Jesus is saying. When he says, have you caught any fish? Remember, Jesus is, is God. He knows if they've caught any fish or not. And so, in essence, he's, he's kind of making them come face to face with their disappointments. And he's saying to them, how is that life on your own that you're working so hard to build? That paycheck you just put in the bank that was bigger than all the other paychecks. That baby you're holding in your arms that you waited all those years because without it you felt like you weren't complete. That relationship that you're trying to make work because being alone is worse than being with the wrong person. Now that you've put it in the bank, held it in your arms, fought to keep it together... How's it working? He's calling out to the disciples. And if you will pay attention to the Holy Spirit in your life, you'll hear him calling you too. He'll either convict you of things in your life that you have slidden into that are separating you from him. Or maybe he'll challenge you to, 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 to move forward, to take a step of faith in your life. But he will call you. And so often he will call you most clearly on the heels of your disappointment, the question is, how will you respond? How will I respond? Hopefully we'll respond the way that Peter did because that's the fourth thing we see in this story is a response and it's in verse seven. It says that when John told Peter, that's the Lord, that, that Peter put some clothes on and he jumped into the water and he wanted to swim to get to Jesus. The Bible also tells us that the boat was only 100 yards away. But Peter didn't care. Peter didn't care. He didn't want to wait. He wanted to get to Jesus. Now, I said earlier that I'm not talking about, when I was talking about sliding, I said earlier, I'm not talking about a lack of charisma. And I want to be very clear that I'm not talking about the fact that if you don't feel saved today, you must not be saved. Or if you're not as passionate, maybe you don't love God anymore. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, there is emotion involved. That a relationship with Christ, there should be at least some seasons 
where we feel more emotion for him, more desire to be with him, more energy to, to, to pursue him than we do in other seasons. And that's what's represented here. That Peter's response was, I'm willing to jump overboard to get to Jesus, even though if I waited about five or 10 minutes, I could get there on the boat. I'm just going to go ahead and jump and swim. And the thought that I have about my life and the thought that I want to challenge you with your life is this. When's the last time you would say, I jumped overboard for Jesus? I jumped overboard for Jesus. I lost that, maybe that sense of dignity or or non-emotional whatever and I, and I just went ahead and jumped in because I wanted him that much. I, I needed him that much. When's the last time you felt that way? I, I, I'm a dad of, of four kids, uh, relatively young kids. And whenever we go to the pool, let me tell you what kids don't do. Wait. They don't wait to jump in. They jump in. But what I do as an adult is I kind of stick my toe in. How cold is it? I don't even know. If, I brought a book. I may not even get in. But that's not what a child does. And there's something about that childlike faith, that renewed faith that, that you just say, you know what, I'm just going to jump in. I want to get to him. I want him. I want to be with him. So when's the last time you, you jumped overboard? When's the last time you, you, a disappointment led you to, to hear God calling you or the Spirit calling you or urging you and you responded and you said, let's go, I'm all in. I'm all in. Following Jesus is filled with ups and downs. You are not going to feel passionate every day of your life. You're not going to feel close to Jesus every day of your life. It's filled with ups and downs. And there are going to be seasons when you slide. The old song says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Uh, Prone to leave the God I love. It's going to happen that there are going to be times where you drift. But when you feel the Holy Spirit calling you, if you will respond, you will experience seasons and times and experiences of spiritual renewal. And we need moments like this. We don't want to just be normal. We want to be made new again. Made new again. And so I wonder, where do you see yourself in the story? As we've read this and talked about this, where do you see yourself in the story? Are you sliding? Are you sliding? Are are you sliding back into old ways, old mindsets, old relationships, and old life? Does it feel a lot like the life you had before Jesus? Are you sliding? Are you you disappointed? Are, Are you feeling empty? Are you feeling like sin fooled you again? Are you feeling silly because you put your hope and your trust and your faith in another person instead of God, in a career instead of God, in a plan instead of God? And now you're reeling because that broken heart, that that unmet expectation is, 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 is reminded you again that only God is worthy of your faith and your hope and your trust? Are you, are, are you disappointed? What about, what about this? Do you feel Jesus calling you? Maybe as you're listening to this right now or watching this right now, maybe you'd say, you know what, over the last couple days, weeks, months, I have felt Jesus calling me. There has been the Holy Spirit in my life. Maybe he's calling me to commit my life to him for the first time and I can't get away from it. Or maybe I'm a Christian, Jason, but I have felt the Holy Spirit calling me to more. 
to step out in faith, to something different, to something new. Do you need to respond? Do you need to respond? You need to respond and commit your life to Christ. You need to, do you need to recommit your life to Christ? Maybe for the first time. Do you need to take a step of faith? Where are you at in this story? Because here's what I can promise you is that Jesus Christ wants to renew you. He wants to renew you. Let's pray. God, I pray that from the words of your word, in the words of the pages of the Bible, we would see ourselves today. And that God, if, if we are sliding, yet the Holy Spirit would show us, we'd recognize it. And we'd return to you. God, if we're dealing with disappointment and heartbreak, I pray that it would, it would confirm to us again that, that only you're worthy of our hope and trust. God, if you're calling us, I pray we wouldn't ignore you any longer, push you off any longer, God. But God, I pray that we would respond. And so Holy Spirit, I'm asking you in this moment to help us to set aside all of the normal ways that we try to be a Christian or follow you and we would invite you in to do something new in our lives that you would renew us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I told you that at the end of the message today, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about the new normal for Hope City Church. Um, there are some changes and updates we want you to know about. Um, and so I want to I tell you that that when you, as you come back to Hope City, there are going to be some new normals. Now, let me just remind you before I do that about our schedule. Coming up this week, we got our July 4th event on the backfield at Solo. And then July 12th, we have a small service for our uh, Hope team volunteers. And this will give us a chance to be together and then to get the training that we need to have church in the new reality of, of COVID. And then on July 19th, we are um, going to start back regathering together again as a church. And we are inviting all of our church family to come out and be a part of that. If you feel comfortable doing so, we'd love to have you there. If not, we'll still be doing uh, our online service as well. But the last four months, as you know, for your own life, but also for us as a church, has been incredibly challenging and disorienting. Not all bad. There's been a lot of good things that have come out of this season, but there's also been a lot of uh, new things to think about and consider and decisions to make. And, and so as we started this process, uh, just a few weeks into the quarantine, um, the prayer that I was praying, that our staff and elders were praying, um, was God, if there is something new that you're wanting to do, because we, we've never been through a time like this. So God, if there's something new that you want to do, um, don't let us miss it. We want to do it. We want, we're in. Um, and so just help us like as we navigate this time, as we come out of this time, God, we want to be the church you want us to be, doing the things that you want us, uh, want us to do. And so if you've been around here long at all, you know that at Hope City, we're not afraid of change. The only thing that doesn't change is that we change, we do this. We're, we're committed to responding to God's call. Um, and and we, you know, when we feel that, that there's something we should do or something we should try, then we, we do that. 
And so again, if you've been around here long at all, you know that that's the case, that we are always tinkering and changing and experimenting and trying things. And, and, uh, and that's one of the things that I love about Hope City. And so as we were praying and thinking and planning uh, at, through this, uh, the early time of the quarantine uh, together, one of the things that we felt very strongly about is, is that as we come out of um, the quarantine, we, we believed that uh, we needed to do some things differently. And the biggest, most specific thing uh, that is changing, uh, that's going to be a new normal at Hope City, is that we have decided, after a lot of prayer and a lot of planning and conversations, we have decided that we are not going to be reopening our Shepherdsville location. That as we meet back together, we will be a one-location church again, uh, at our South Louisville location. So we're not going to be reopening Shepherdsville. And we made this decision for three reasons, and I want to give them to you uh, so that you can understand what we understand. So the first reason that we felt it was best to not reopen our Shepherdsville location following the quarantine uh, was because of the uncertainty of meeting in a public school. Our Shepherdsville location, if you've had a chance to be there, you know it's a portable location in Bullet Central's high school auditorium and some of their classrooms. And the schools right now are trying to figure out what they're doing as well, and not just the churches, but all businesses, all schools, all churches are trying to figure it out. And so there's a lot of uncertainty about being able to be uh, in, in the school. We still haven't been able to hear back from them or ever get clarity on, from them when we would be able to be back. And then when we would be able to be back there's a lot of uncertainty about what that looks like in the covid era for people renting the facility and how we would be able to use that and so the uncertainty of of the portable facility was was one of the reasons the second reason that we felt like this was best is because we want to come out of the quarantine with a focused um with focused resources and manpower we didn't want to be divided uh, dividing our resources and manpower into locations because we believe, as excited as we are to get back together, we believe it's going to take all hands on deck, all the resources and all the manpower that we have uh, to be able to, to do Hope City Church the way that we do Hope City Church. And so we're still, quite honestly, trying to figure out how to do it in one place, let alone two. And so our heart is that we would be able to pull the locations together, the volunteers together, the resources together, the energy, the focus together, and figure out how to be a great church in one location. And so the uncertainty of the school was one, the divided resources was another, but I want to give you the third one. And the third one's really the most important reason. The third reason that we, we made this decision is because we believe there's a better way. We believe there's a better way. And, and, and we believe that that better way is to take a lot of the manpower and resources that we have been putting into the Shepherdsville location and bring it back to South Louisville and then put resources and energy and manpower into what we are doing online as, as an online church. So we're going to start meeting back together uh, physically, regathering um, in person. But we know that there's a lot of you who will not be joining us because of concerns, health concerns. Um, and, and so we want to take what we're doing online and continue that, but also grow it and make it better. But not just for the people who are part of us who can't 
join us yet, we also want to use this as a tool to help you reach your neighbors, your friends, your family. Because what changed during COVID over the last four months is that everybody learned how to use technology in order to have a meeting, in order to go to church, whatever it is. Like there is, we, there is no more learning curve for how to use technology. And so we believe there's an opportunity here to build something online. So instead of just going to one location and finding a building and saying, if you live here, then we want to reach you. What we are saying is we want to reach the city of Louisville through technology, through online, and then see what God has in store, where people are interested or hungry for what it is that he's doing at Hope City Church. So our prayer and our belief is that our online church will be a better front door for you to be able to say to your friends or your family or your neighbors, why don't you see, why don't you come to church with me? And come to church with me may mean come sit in my living room on my couch and come to church with me. Or it may just mean, hey, here's a link and we want you to watch this. Now, I want to be very clear and make sure that every person who's a part of our Shepherdsville location is looking at me and listening to me right now. So I want you to pay attention. You are family. We are Hope City Church together. And we understand that not having a location, physical location, in your town or in your county uh, may be a challenge for you to be a part of our church. But we want you to be a part of our church. You are family. And so we're hoping that you'll make the 15 or the 20 or the 25-minute drive from Mount Washington or from Shepherdsville or from Bardstown or from uh, Hillview, we're hoping you'll make that drive to our South Louisville location. If you cannot, we hope you'll be a part of what we're doing online. But we don't believe that, you know, we're, we're, we're closing down uh, an extension of Hope City Church. We, we are inviting Hope City Church to regather with us together in one place at South Louisville. And so in some ways, quite honestly, this has been a little bit sad for our team but in other ways, it's been incredibly exciting because we believe that God is, is calling us to, to do something uh, that may be a better way or a more effective way. And so we kind of want to jump overboard and, and, see, and see how it goes. And so if you have any questions about any of this, we would love to answer them for you. We want there to be clarity. We want you to understand our heart and why we're doing it. And we're really excited to see what God has in store on July 19th when we're able to get back together as one church in one place. And let's just see what God does. And so I love you. Um, I hope that, that these steps together will make us stronger. I believe that they will. And I'm excited to, to continue to be your pastor. Those of you from Shepherdsville and those of you at South Louisville together to pastor this church together and in the future, whoever God allows us to reach through technology and through online. So I love you. I'm going to send it back to our MCs now in our service, and I will see you soon, hopefully in just, in just a few weeks. God bless.